Welcome to Harper Academic Calling. I'm Michael Finan, Marketing Assistant with Harper Academic. Our podcast is designed to give educators, students, as well as every reader, a behind-the-scenes chat with a range of our authors, from well-loved favorites to up-and-coming debut writers, about their books. Harper Academic calling Simon Van Boy. Simon is the author of multiple novels, short story collections, and works of philosophy. His latest novel, Father's Day, now available in paperback, follows the relationship between a girl named Harvey and her uncle Jason, who raises her following a tragic car accident that leaves her orphaned. The novel moves between the past and the present. It alternates between episodes from Harvey's childhood and a present-day visit Jason makes to Harvey, who is now a young woman living and working in Paris. So on the phone with us right now, we have Simon Van Boy, author of Father's Day, and thank you so much for joining us today, Simon. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, Simon, I hear that you initially came to the States on a football scholarship. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. and um, American football, right? Not soccer? Yeah, correct. American football, yeah. yeah. Um, I played rugby in Britain, and that was going to be my career. But uh, then I, I grew up near an American air base, and I used to work um, with the Air Force in an auxiliary position, um, basically scrubbing pots and pans in the kitchen. Um, and uh, I got, you know, friendly with some of the servicemen, and we played football together, and then I started playing more. And, and eventually, uh, I was offered a scholarship by a few colleges in the U.S. Uh, to because you know mostly ones who wanted second or third string uh, running backs um, because they didn't think I, I was experienced enough to obviously be a star but they wanted me in the back as a backup so uh, I decided to go Wow um, and then you also have a background in philosophy yeah I failed it at school I <laughs> uh, but uh, that's probably a good good sign but uh, it's an interest you know uh, with my students, you know, if they leave the classroom more confused than the, than when they work than, than when they walked in, then I know that it's working. All right. Um, so you have um, some previous works of philosophy, um, novels, short story collections. So what sets Father's Day apart from all these other works? Um, it's um, first thing that sets it apart is that it's told in the stories uses language that the um, characters would use themselves. So it's in third person, uh, which means that, you know, the author's voice is the one telling the story, but the author's voice is in the vernacular of the characters in the book. So, um, you know, if some guy is an ex-con who loves motorcycles and is a recovering alcoholic, he's not going to, you know, use words like pontificate or dichotomy or, you know, he's, he's going to, his vocabulary is probably going to be limited to the uh, education that he had. And so um, I spent three three days a week out in a certain neighborhood on Long Island talking to people, researching, and setting the, the story in a one particular place in Nassau County. So then, I, you know, picking up on the vernacular and the dialogue and the syntax. So when people read the book, their first reaction was, this sounds like 
it's written by someone you know it, it doesn't sound like a literary novel but of course that's the whole point because I was trying to sort of get around the conceit of being a sort of cultural ventriloquist mm-hmm. yeah and because the, the setting the setting is so vivid on Long Island and you can really hear even though like you said it is third person you can kind of hear um, Harvey's and Jason's thoughts as you're reading from their perspectives what prompted you to set this story in both the past and the present? Um, I said it. The, the present is Paris, and the daughter Harvey is a, you know, by all standards, probably a middle-class executive uh, working fluent in two languages. Um, you know, really culturally agile, and just a really nice professional, you know, person, um, and so. I wanted people to think, oh, she couldn't possibly have been raised by an ex-convict with a tattoo on his neck and a prosthetic leg. But the fact is, you know, that, uh, you know, many of our greatest geniuses and greatest leaders, you know, such as our amazing former president, were raised by people who really struggled, you know. Mm -hmm. And so even as you're, you know, getting to see, because it goes back and forth between the past and the present, and so even as you're seeing... Um, this accomplished, successful Harvey, um, you're going back and you're seeing um, the process of her being raised and how she kind of grew into this person, thanks to Jason. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, he just, he just like pulled together all the, you know, from, from, he just pulled together anything that was good about himself, all his good things, and he sort of, and then he, he used those to, to do his best to raise her as a, you know, an independent, competent person. I mean, I think the best thing you can give a child is your attention, because if if you if they feel important enough to garner to get someone's attention, then I think that helps build confidence. Um, and you know, you can send a child to the best private school in 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 the world, but if they don't feel like they matter, then you know, they're not going to have the confidence to really pursue what they want to do in life. That's just my view. Mm-hmm. And you see, um, you see throughout the book that Jason is this very contradictory character. On the one hand, he, you know, has this ex-con past, uh, and he's this very rough, gruff person. But on the other hand, you see, um, you find out as he was growing up how he would defend his brother. You kind of see these almost instinctive paternal instincts he has for Harvey. Yeah, that's a very keen observation. Uh, you know, I, I hope that the book, you know, touches on the duplicity of our lives you know, in the United States, because, you know, John Berger, the the author, said that, you know, we're encouraged to define our interests as narrowly as possible so that it's easier for things to be marketed to us. And I completely agree. I think that, you know, through the media, which I don't like, but for completely different reasons than Donald Trump, (laughs) you know, uh, uh, you know, I feel like it is misleading that we are, if we're not fanatic, fanatically, you know, self-assured, or if we're not obsessed, you know, with something monomaniacal, mm-hmm. then we're not doing well. I mean, but the, the truth is that, you know, why can't we like diverse things? Why can't we, you know, contradiction is only something that's applied to things as they're perceived. So, for instance, um, you know, just because Jason uses foul language, you know, if you talk to a linguist such as Peter Farb, you know, he might say that, well, actually, you know, you know, words like fuck and shit, 
you know, from a linguistics, from a linguist's point of view, are actually signs of a problem with culture. You know, the idea that we have to have certain sounds that we we uh, relegate to realms of the taboo, and the idea that certain things are taboo is a sign of a problem with a culture, not a sign of you know a sophisticated culture. So when you start to really dig, dig down beneath the surface of things, um, which is something that we're not encouraged to do in modern society. Um, but when you really start to dig down, everything becomes very weird and very interesting and very contradictory. So I feel like the more contradictory, the more hypocritical you feel, the closer you're getting to that truth. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, you even see that in um, the way Harvey's raised, as much as she grows up to be this, on the surface, very successful person. She also, you know, develops this love of motorcycles through Jason. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, she does. And... and um, you know, the idea of a motorcycle for him, too, is, is his sexual failure. Because, I, I mean, a motorcycle, if you look at the position of riders of these kinds of motorcycles, and being a former motorcycling enthusiast myself, you know, it is nice to have a throbbing machine between your legs, you know, and you're sort of leaning forward. And, uh, you know, it is very much a phallic symbol, but it's also, you know, a token of freedom and it's like, you know, what a, a young horse must have been to, like, someone, you know, 15, 16, 17, growing up hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Um, just this, the, the, the burgeoning independence, you know. And um, and so uh, for Harvey, I think uh, the love of motorcycles also stems from the fact that Jason, her father, her surrogate, sacrificed his dream motorcycle so that she could have good teeth. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so now, Simon, uh, I understand that you were a single father yourself for a number of years. Um, did yeah. your experiences in any way shape any of the relationship between Jason and Harvey? Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, for a single father and being with my wife, you know, uh, um, it's all the anecdotes of being a father, I mean, uh, are in there. You know, all the little things that, you know, our daughter said and, you know, and continues to say and just all those wonderful moments to you know just things that you can't make up they're all in there it's 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 uh you can make up a story and write a book but it's much easier if you've kind of got the stories already and you just embellish them so um but um the, the book really is about um it's about anger and it's about uh the the sort of the, what i consider to be a falsehood, a false belief in our society that, you know, if you are penniless and uneducated, then you, you've somehow failed and you're not worthy. Only worthy people are worthy of success and, and wealth. And it's just not true. Um, so, if for, you know, for, so it's about overcoming anger. It's about the inequality in society. I mean, Jason is, is you know, is pretty right wing, you know, and, and uh, he would, by all accounts, support Donald Trump. But you know when he when he starts to um, when his anger is mitigated by the realization that actually his life is full of gifts he just doesn't realize it then he starts to have a bit more compassion for other people so he starts off as a person who is d- defined by his fear and um, by the things he doesn't know and he's in many ways neophobic but then through Harvey by giving what he most needs which is affection. You know, he learns to, to open up and, and develop a sense of um, belonging in the world, a sense of um, his place in the community. Um, and so, really, I feel like the, the book, 
also addresses you know the the giant question mark which is hanging over new york which is why so many people would vote for the current president i want to i want to jump for a second to the character of wanda um i thought she was oh, so fascinating man. um yeah so d- dive in <laughs> wanda is um one of my favorite characters she's just a, a uh, she's just um a very tough brilliant woman uh, and there are a lot of these women, and they're pretty much running America in many ways. Um, you know, people complain about Social Security and, you know, how it's being abused. But, you know, if you look at what we had before there was a Social Security system and the way the government would abuse the people, you know, it's, it, it, you know, you realize that actually, wow, the system we have now is pretty good. You know, mm-hmm. it's not perfect. Nothing is. But it's so much better than what was in place 60, 70 years ago. And this system, which is, you know, it's sort of, um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's, it's, it's chaos, really, but it's everything's being held together and people's lives are being held together and people who are living really, you know, below the poverty line, you know, they're being helped by this system. And I feel like women like Wanda, who work in foster care and, you know, within social services, are just doing a fantastic job you know, completely um, thankless, you know, mm-hmm. uh, unlike a lot of our politicians who, you know, all they seem to crave is, you know, approval and, um, you know, uh, I don't know, I'm just not a fan of what's happening at the moment, probably like a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But then you get someone like Wanda who um, just seems to have this personal investment in Harvey's happiness, even in Jason, yeah. um, you know, as much as she's doing it for Harvey, it seems like she also sees how Harvey will benefit Jason and really works to bring them together. And for her, it's, you know, Harvey isn't just a statistic, not just another child in the system. Right. She's just an active right. person she wants to help. Yeah, you know, Wanda is is someone mm-hmm. who spends the, the whole of the book happy. She's mm-hmm. a happy person. And, you know, she... she um, lives on Long Island, she's married, you know, she doesn't have any kids, she smokes one Newport a day, you know, in the evening when she leaves work, and she has her routine, and um, she really sees, she's exhausted, and she's burned out, and she's ready to retire, and the reason she's burned out is because she's done her job properly, Mm. and she's really tried to help, you know, uh, children who've been, you know, let down by their parents who've been let down, you know, by their parents, and Philip Larkin said, you know, man hands on misery to man. But thanks to people like Wanda, uh, you know, I, I, I interviewed and, and, and uh, researched some people in the foster care system and, uh, you know, foster parents and social workers. And I was just amazed at, like, just the amazing things that are happening that nobody really knows about. Um, you know, when I turn on the, the t- I mean, I don't have cable or anything, but if I did and I turn on the TV, I'd love to see, you know, shows about, there's one particular woman in Florida who's fostered over a hundred children. You know, that's, that's a lot of kids that she's, you know, given confidence to and given a, a home, a loving home to, you know, and she's not a wealthy person. Um, and just to, you know, these are the people who, if you see them driving around in like a beat-up minivan, you might say, oh, you know, then they're not very successful in life. But someone who's fostered over 100 kids, to me, it doesn't, a person doesn't get more successful than that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
So um, in terms of Harvey and Jason's future, where do you see them going? Because when we, you know, at the end of the book, Harvey is still living in Paris. Do you see Harvey coming back to the States at any point, living closer to Jason? Or do you think they... That's nice. <laughs> or do you think they kind of go their separate ways? Well, yeah, they have that twist at the end of the book where the mm-hmm. reader knows something that the characters don't. Yeah. Um, and um, the credit for that ending goes to Cal Morgan, who who you know I worked with on this at, at Harper mm-hmm. um, you know so he really pushed me to, to rewrite the ending constantly like probably 30 or 40 times until we got to something that appears to be like it just you know came off the typewriter like that but actually it was uh, you know you can't see if you look closely you'll see the sweat and the blood stain <laughs> but um, um, I think that in the future well first of all uh it's really interesting you'd say that because Harvey and Jason um, don't exist. What I mean to say is that in all the books I'm looking at now while I'm talking to you, it's full of people who don't exist, yet they feel real. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because we could inhabit their, their, their psyches. We could be them at, you know, if, if the cards of fortune were different for us. You know, we could be these people. And so um, what I think is, you know, when people, when we look at characters... I think it's interesting to say, well, they don't exist, but, you know, what's the reason for being? Like, what can we learn from them about our own lives? In, in, in many ways, characters, uh, as Dylan Thomas said, you know, man be my metaphor. What are the metaphors that the characters mean for us? How can they, how can they help us improve our lives? But um, if it was like a, a television program or they were real, and I would say that Harvey will um, marry... Uh, go into a same-sex marriage um, and Jason will uh, adopt Harvey's partner as his new daughter and um, they'll probably get a place in Montauk which is kind of hip and, mm-hmm. and um, you know it's not it used to be just a big a fishing village where off-duty cops would take their kids you know in the summer and um, but now it's become kind of this sort of hip um, you know almost like a Williamsburg by the sea so mm-hmm. I think they'd probably live in Montauk, and then Jason will get a, th- a trike because he has a prosthetic leg, and he'll maybe drive around America. And I think he'll have a very nice end of his life. I think he'll marry the woman who does his hair, and I think he'll keep working in the supermarket. Oh, oh, I love that. I like I like to think that that's where they're going. And uh, and I did, yeah. I did wonder that about Harvey. I did wonder um, what her sexuality would turn out to be. Yeah, you know, and there's one point where, you know, she, people are calling her names at school and, and Jason mm-hmm. says, well, you know, I think lesbians are awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, in, in, in um, it's sad, you know, he, he's not really, he doesn't use perfectly correct language, but mm-hmm. his heart's really in the right place. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, and it's such a, it's such a, a thing now that I think, you know, for, for so long, so many people have had to hide like such a the, the core of who they truly are and I think it's just a real testament to the progress of this country that you know now we have laws that protect people's rights to be who they are who they actually are you know so um, and Jason's definitely supportive of that though he might not have been before he met Harvey because he was just very afraid and lived in his sort of closed shell mm-hmm uh, well, Simon, we have one more question for you. Uh, this is a question yeah. that we ask all of our guests on the podcast. 
um, since this podcast is primarily for teachers, educators, their students, who is your favorite teacher? Um, my favorite teacher was, uh, let's see, was a guy called uh, Dr. Neil. And um, he was my teacher at a small, uh, you know, at a small college in Kentucky where I played football. And um, he uh, he didn't so much he didn't really teach me anything about literature or language, but he did something much more important. He gave me confidence. Um, he made me he he made me believe that that somebody might be interested in what I had to write because uh, I didn't think oh, you know who am I why would I write something why would anybody want to read what I write you know I'm just one person but he made me feel like what I had to write was important and you know I'd go up to his office any time and he'd always have time for me and he'd make time he'd close what he was doing he would he, he loved young people and uh, he was just such a warm hearted person who had a kind of a tough life but uh, I'll always love that man very deeply. Well, that's good. Well, we're we're happy that he, you know, gave you the confidence to get to where you are today. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks. He died very suddenly a few years oh. ago. Sorry to hear uh, that. Yeah, but he had a good run. You know, he was pretty old. So, well, what good. more can we ask for? Absolutely. Um, well, Simon, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for a delightful chat. Great. Thanks so much, Michael. I appreciate it. I really appreciate your time. Not a problem. Thank you. Uh, have a great weekend. You too. Thank you. Right, bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Harper Academic Calling. Subscribe on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite third-party app for more episodes. And be sure to visit us at harperacademic.com for more information about this and other great books.